Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole. Welcome back to the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Or if this is the first time listening, we're glad to have you here. In today's episode, I want to talk about a discipline that will help you prepare so you don't get blindsided in your business. Let's get started. Do you have a small B2B business? Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day today. First of all, I want to apologize for missing a few days and then releasing podcasts in the last few weeks. You know, my goal has been able to get one out every day, but I've fallen a little behind. I should be getting back on schedule in the next week or two. And before I get into today's topic, uh, I just wanted to share something that's been on my mind in the last week or so. You know, as of the date of this recording, it's the week after Thanksgiving in the U.S. And I took a trip with my family and we ran into a very nice couple and their kids who hit it off with our kids. You know, if you have kids, uh, you know how this goes. If they find playmates, you end up chatting with the parents while they play. Anyway, in talking to this couple, I found out that they owned a distribution company that sells all kinds of paper products, sanitary supplies, and pretty much everything a office or a hospital or a government facility might need in that category. So if you needed supplies and volume, you know, you go to a company like theirs instead of Staples and pay retail, you know. And uh, they started with almost nothing and have grown into a very successful business over the years. As we were talking for some reason, I had this overpowering emotion of gratitude and admiration for this couple and for small business owners as a whole. You know, there was some segment on the news the other day about heroes, and they're referring, of course, to, you know, healthcare workers, firemen, police officers, basically the people that we all think of as heroes. And I was, as I was listening to this couple, I thought, wow, you know, business owners are heroes in their own way too. And yet they don't ever get mentioned by the media and they're really not thought of that way in most people's minds. I mean, what's the definition of courage that defines a hero? It's being scared to do something, but doing it anyway. Most successful business owners and entrepreneurs who grow also go through this overcoming of a fear on a daily basis, but they're not recognized for it in our society. So I think that entrepreneurs should be included in the heroes category. Not only are they heroes, but they also have some of the biggest impact on the way modern society works and the conveniences and technology that we all benefit from. Now, I wasn't really planning on going on the side rant about this, but so I'll just end it with this. Uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or even a commission-based salesperson, you should feel really good about what you do. You're one of the unsung heroes that promote good and add to people's lives in a positive way. So thank you for all the hard work you put in. You deserve credit for it. Okay, so let's get back to the, the main part of the episode. You know, in the last episode, we talked about making sure that things handed to you don't ruin your business. And today I want to talk about a topic that's served me well over the years, and that's evaluating your business risks as well as looking at the potential upside. I've been on both sides of this equation, and getting it wrong really hurts. You know, we as uh, entrepreneurs and professional salespeople tend to be dreamers and look at what's possible. And that's really necessary for us to make a positive impact, like I just said, um, the things that we do in the world. It's absolutely critical we have a vision, you know, excitement and forward positive thinking. Otherwise, uh, you, all the bad around you will get you down. So unless we have that positive attitude, we're not going to achieve what we set out to do. 
However, there is a flip side to that. You know, it's like the the saying everybody loves to use, you know, not everything is is what it seems. And but nobody ever looks at that statement. And if you think about it, you got to look at the flip side. If not everything is what it seems, what that means is that it usually is. Uh, you know, so if you're always looking at things with a positive attitude, you know, you're eventually going to get blindsided by a problem that's could be catastrophic to your business. You have to pair positive expectations with honest and as the title said, sometimes brutal evaluations of not only where your business is, but also evaluating each tactic or strategy in your business. So just as important as a positive view of things, you have to honestly look at the downside or the risks in your business. You know, there are a lot of gurus out there that are big proponents of, you know, quote, positive thinking. And, you know, I think it's a bunch of BS. Uh, You know, I like Tony Robbins' idea that your mind is more like a garden and you can sit there and tell yourself there's no weeds, there's no weeds, but you know, they're going to grow and there's nothing you can do about it. Instead, you just got to pull them and move on, you know. And we spend a lot of time thinking about the potential of things, but in my mind, not enough uh, on evaluating the risks involved. It's kind of like going to Vegas. People gamble with um, positive expectations that they're going to win. Sometimes it happens and it happens big, but it can also go the other way. You know, Vegas wasn't built on winners, as they say. So a lot of people gamble, they win big money, and then they take those winnings and keep going. And eventually they lose most of the money back, if not all of it. You know, had they won big and then evaluated the risk of losing that they, what they won and then looked at the numbers, the odds, basically, they would take their money off the table and leave it with their winnings. You know, and it's the same thing in business. If you don't honestly evaluate your current risks that your business has and what kind of risks are involved in any particular tactic, you're really going to get hit eventually. It's just the law of numbers. So what kind of risks am I talking about? You know, some examples, uh, you can categorize them if you want, you know, regulatory risks, like a change in your state with a law that makes it very difficult for you to do business or outright destroys your business, you know, or something like the government closing your business for a period of time, which is happening right now with the coronavirus thing. You know, there's economic risks. Uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are blindsided by the coronavirus with an economic hit and on top of the regulatory problems of the government shutting down. You know, there are legal risks. You know, what can you potentially get sued for? What's the most common type of lawsuit in your industry? And then there's business-specific risks, like having your biggest customer who brings in 40% of your revenue jump ship to a competitor or a critical employee who has most of their knowledge in their head and they get sick or leave and your business takes a big hit. So those are just the types of risks I'm talking about. So how do we look at these risks and compare it to the upsides? You know, it's, it's really not being uh, about pessimism or being pessimistic. It's about preparation and good planning. So in my mind, the process is, you know, you think about an idea or a tactic that you come up with. And, you know, you think about the upside and the potential involved. That's pretty easy to get excited about that. But you also have to think about any potential risks involved. And one thing most people don't do is spend enough time thinking about the second and third order consequences of actions. You know, so you want to compare the two and Look at it like what chance does the potential of, um, have of coming through and what's the payoff or the upside potential? And then what percentage chance of the downside risk happening uh, would you estimate? And then how much damage could that actually cost if that risk actually happens? The size of your company matters substantially when inv- evaluating risk. You know, if your company does a million in revenue and you're looking at a $50,000 investment, if things go wrong and you lose the amount you invested and or it doesn't pan out like you hoped, you know, you're out 5% of your revenue, but it's not a deal killer. However, you know, the same $50,000 investment, you know, it comes a lot more risky if you're only doing $250,000 a year in revenue. Suddenly it's 20% of your revenue and that could put you out of business. 
So the real question you have to ask yourself with complete honesty is, what's the potential impact if things go wrong? Can you recover from a hit like that? You know, something that would put you out of business. So just like obsessing on the upside can be dangerous. Uh, so you can get paralyzed by looking at risk as well. You know, business is about taking risks, but to be successful, you need to take calculated, well thought out, logical risks. You know, we find we have uh, activities that we find in tactics and strategies that can maximize the upside and allow us to mitigate the risks on the downside. So specifically, what do we do to walk this tightrope between risk and upside potential? I think uh, number one, you know, you have to have an honest look at your business as it stands today. Are you growing, standing still, going backwards? You know, if you're not honest with yourself, it's impossible to grow. You know, you can't live in fantasy land like uh, we're all tempted to do. So number two, I would write down the specific risks. Uh, you know, once you know where you are, start writing down the risks that are currently exist in your business. And this is, includes all the types of risks I've talked about. Uh, you know, and this can be pretty depressing and unnerving and scary to realize all these potential risks and really get you down. But this is a, a necessary thing that you have to do to uh, make sure that you're not setting yourself up for a catastrophic hit. So, you know, and then I would take each of those risks and then put them sort of into a category. I like to break it down into really three categories. Number one, the minimal impact risks, maybe a temporary revenue hit, you know, something that would affect your business, but not have a lasting impact. You know, and then there's more substantial impact risks. You have, you know, one customer who counts for 25% of your revenue, you know, will it put you out of business if they jump ship? You know, probably not, but it would definitely hurt and it takes some while time to recover. And then, of course, there's the catastrophic uh, business killer risk, you know, things like potential legal, legal exposure to certain lawsuits. You know, is your business in an industry where others have been put out of business from lawsuits? Is it a tightly regulated business that could potentially be shut down by the government? Um, so after you got those categories of what are those risks are, then you have to estimate the likelihood of them actually occurring. You know, the component other than the magnitude of the risk is likelihood of that happening. So if a risk is minimal, and extremely unlikely, then you can basically ignore it. But if it's potentially catastrophic and you sit there and you think, well, you know, I estimate maybe a 30% chance of that happening, well, you better take it seriously. So when you're looking at these risks, the other part of, you know, evaluation is the, the likelihood of that risk occurring. And so if something has a very low chance of happening, you have to balance that with the upside. If the upside is potentially large enough, it's probably worth that unlikely risk. You know, there are all kinds of risk analysis diagrams you can use if you really want to get into it. So you can just Google that if you're interested in it. But for small interest, uh, business owners, I think it's just jotting down this kind of stuff on a legal pad and going through it is sufficient without getting lost in all the corporate needs and graphs and things like that. So let's say we've identified our risks and, you know, you've been honest about where you are and identified some of your business risks. It's time to mitigate the risks and find ways to minimize the damage should they occur. And, you know, mitigation isn't always easy. And let's be honest, it may not be possible. For instance, you know, right now, if you're a bar, you know, all you do is serve alcohol, you know, being shut down the, by the government in the past had very little chance of happening. But as we've seen the last nine months with the coronavirus, it's now reality. You know, this has been a catastrophic risk for a lot of businesses, especially small ones. And there isn't a lot you can do to mitigate that risk. All you can do is try to come up with some plans to Diversify your business by owning other businesses in order to spread the risk. The same concept uh, as stock diversification. So once you figure out how to mitigate the risk, which ones are business killers and how to mitigate them, you want to make this a regular thought process and sort of an attitude whenever you're looking at something. So you have that ongoing risk evaluation attitude. You know, I would recommend going through this process mentally every time you're considering anything with a 
substantial upside or a big investment in your business, basically anything other than just your daily operational issues. You know, this doesn't mean sit down before each decision you make and write out risks and mitigation strategies and all that. You know, I mean, we as business owners don't have the time for that kind of thing, but so it's more of a quick mental checklist. You know, when you're faced with a decision, always think about what happens if it doesn't work and can you live with that if it does happen? So going back to my original premise, you know, it's critical for us to, as entrepreneurs, to have that vision, that fire, that passion and positive attitude when growing our business. And because without it, you will go nowhere. However, that excitement and the thoughts of the upside should always be balanced with some thinking about the downside. As you know, not everything works and entrepreneurs, uh, we try and we fail and we try and we fail and try and fail and it just goes on. That's, that's why we get paid to do what we do. And, you know, evaluating your downside risk can be a very positive boost to your self-confidence and push you in the right direction in your business. You know, if you know you've mitigated the major risks in your business and you won't ever sit up awake at night and uh, think to yourself, wow, that was dumb. Why didn't I plan for that? You know, it's it actually is a very freeing feeling. So I hope this has been helpful. You know, this concept has really helped our business grow and I think it'll help you grow as well. And um, it really make a difference in how confident you are in approaching decisions. So I hope you have a great day and I will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. Now, I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.